0: This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. 40 years ago, 1980, July the 25th, the day that Back in Black was released, ACDC played in London, Ontario. What? That, the, the Like the day the,
1: the record day dropped? The day
0: that Back in Black was released, Wow, ACDC was on stage out at London Gardens. And it, Kent from our promo department sent us this review. From the London Free Press. The headline is No Short Circuit for ACDC fans. I like it. Written by the Free Press's crotchety old concert reviewer back in oh, 1980. Look at this. It was so hot you could barely breathe. It was so crowded you could barely move. And it was so loud you couldn't hear yourself talk. It's not everybody's idea of fun, certainly not mine.
2: Wow!
0: Still, for the 5,500 screaming fans who jammed into London Gardens on Friday to see Australian rock band ACDC, it was obviously a night of exquisite pleasure with perspiration streaming down their faces and bodies. They were the most enthusiastic, energetic... And masochistic folks I've ever seen assembled in the gardens. <laughs> masochistic, ouch. Much of the heat and energy was radiating directly from the stage where ACDC, on their first Canadian tour, played a sizzling, bone crushing rock. Through the music, was vi- though the music was violent and mean, there was still room for some good old fashioned show business. Stuff that would make Bubsy Berkeley sit up and take notice. Pardon? It was evident right from the start when a one-ton solid brass bell was lowered onto stage, shrouded in smoke and colored lights. The ringing bell was a small part of the whole evening's package. Can you imagine that? The album came out that day. You're going to see ACDC perform in your hometown the day Back in Black came out. You don't know what to expect. (laughs) And you just hear this... Bumps just thinking about it, man. Later, for example, lead guitarist Angus Young, dressed in the short pants that are his trademark, leaped off the stage, crossed the arena floor, weaving around the bodies as he continued to play with the help of a radio transmitter, which he carried on his back. For the crowd, the excitement never faltered. Nobody cared that many of the songs sounded the same or that the lyrics la- lacked depth or sensitivity.
3: This <laughs> <hot. It's> hilarious. <laughs>
0: it's like everything he says is a backhanded compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For ACDC followers, it was the repetition and toughness that counted. Although loud, the band's sound wasn't nearly as distorted as it could have been. Their tight playing gave not a hint of February's tragedy when ACDC's lead singer, Bon Scott, was found dead of alcohol poisoning. The crowd, majority of whom was seeing the band for the first time, responded instantly and favorably to Scott's replacement vocalist, Brian Johnson. Pretty cool, man.
1: Oh, yeah. There's people listening right now that I bet were there.
2: Terry. Yeah, Tell I me you were at the ACDC I show. I was there. No, shit. No, whoops. No <laughs> doubt. I was there. Up in the nosebleed section, but I seen Brian Johnson ringing that bell. It was unbelievable. Looked like he just pumped up for like an hour working out or something because he was greased up. And they rang it four times before before the lead guitar came in. It was friggin' awesome. Man. And
0: had you you hadn't heard the album before because it just came no, out that day, no, right? I did
2: not. I did not. I went right out the next day and bought it, though, and I still have that album.
0: And you had no idea what to expect. Bon Scott no, died. No, you I know, Brian know Johnson, no one knew who Brian Johnson was.
2: No, well, but he did an awesome job, I thought. It was unbelievable. Was uh, it, it was totally cool, though. I'm still loving rock and roll, and I'm 62 in December.
0: Was it hot and sweaty?
2: Oh, yeah. It was It was really hot. It was like a sauna, man. Unbelievable. I,
0: I just can't imagine the energy, how exciting oh, that would have was, been.
2: I, I was walking on a cloud for nine days after that concert. It was just. Totally, totally involved me into rock and roll. Like it just—that's one of the reasons I still, still right into it. Like I just love it. Eh? Yeah, it pumps me up. Did like,
0: you save your concert ticket stub? No, sir. Damn I it. Did not.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's one of those things back then, right? Yeah. You never know, right?
0: Did you buy a T-shirt or a poster? Yeah. No,
2: I barely could afford the damn ticket for the concert, brother.
0: And how much was the ticket back in 1980?
2: Twenty six fifty. Twenty six <laughs> fifty. Yep. Worth
0: every penny to see one of the oh, greatest yeah. comebacks yeah. Yeah. in the yeah. history of rock yeah.
3: and roll. That's right, guys. Hold off on these parties. I, I don't know why everyone wants to party so badly, but enough. And a couple percent are going little hog wild, guys. You got to rein it in. Don't go to a party. Simple. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hogwild is right. Brampton police were dispatched to a house party on the weekend with over 200 people reportedly inside. Wow. 200. Not subtle. The max is 10. (laughs) They're still in phase two. Uh, The homeowner did get charged. We don't know. Some news stories saying they only got charged $880, but others saying that they could face up to a $100,000 fine.
1: Yeah, I saw Patrick Brown, the politician, tweet that out. Yeah, the mayor of Brampton. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I can confirm Brampton law officers laid charges on the property owners. The matter will be going to court. Maximum penalties, $100,000. Reckless behavior is expensive.
1: How did this person think they were going to pull the shwola over all of their neighbor's eyes with this one? <laughs> like, I guess there was security outside, like chauffeurs, parking cars. Yeah. There was so many people pulling up.
0: Yeah, it's not an accidental thing where you po- invited a few people or you posted on, on social media thinking that 15 people were going to show up. And then to your surprise, over 200 showed up Like was, a high school party yeah and yeah. it was out of your parents are out of town and <laughs> you know things get out of hand and uh, you're trying to get everyone to leave no this was planned they they did they had security and valets <laughs> parking cars for this party so they obviously just said screw it yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna thumb our nose at <laughs> at the rules and have a great super spreader event. <laughs>
1: I think I wonder if the neighbors were getting suspicious leading up to it, because apparently this guy was putting up very tall barriers around his fences, too, so that the neighbors couldn't see in. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. You're going to have to put some serious soundproofing, I think, as well. Not just visual blockers, but 200 people going to make some noise. I hope it was worth it. You know, one person had
0: COVID at that party. They cough or they share a... Share a beer with you. You pick
1: up the wrong beer. Yeah. Ugh. Didn't wash off the beer pong ball enough in that little cup <laughs> oh of water. My
0: God, will we ever be able to play beer pong again? <laughs> it was disgusting in the best of times. <laughs> that was never a hygienic activity. No, no. you drink so much you didn't care, right? <laughs> I guess the uh, the party hosts in Brampton figured <laughs> we were just going to invite eleven people. But if we're going to break the rules, <laughs> we might as well go for it. Yeah. 11, 200 plus, what's the difference?
3: And a couple percent are going little hog wild. Guys, you got to rein it in. Don't go to a party. Simple.
0: Jim, I got a call on the weekend, Saturday morning. It was my cousin, Paul. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I've got a dilemma. You want to come over to my house and help me with this? And I said, well, what's going on? He said, well, I told you that... Something's been eating my vegetables in my garden. He thinks he has a groundhog issue, so groundhogs are, are getting into the garden. They're chowing down. Uh, so he set a trap to catch the groundhog. Mm-hmm. Instead, he caught a skunk. Oh no! He's like, "How do I get this thing out of there?" He's like, "I don't know, man. I Call have somebody. no idea. Yeah, what do you do?" I, I, can you use a broomstick and flick the, flick the cage open? Or yeah. you don't want to get too close to it, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, you could always paint a black cat's uh, ba- uh, back white and distract it, like Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, sexy, uh, female sexy cat. Skunk. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know how the issue was resolved
0: because, as you said, I'm too busy. I can't come <laughs> help you.
1: I'm not on skunk duty.
0: Yeah. Either. Sorry. Why don't we call Paul and see, uh, see if he resolved. Is skunk. Uh, Let's see here. Good morning, Paul Bailey. Hey, Cousin Paul. Hey, what's going on? Uh, You never told me the end of the the skunk story. You called to see if I could come help you out, but uh, what ended up happening? Did you finally find someone to come and take care of
3: that issue? (laughs) Well, I called Wild Things. Uh Uh-huh. They do not take care of skunk removal.
1: Hmm.
3: So they instructed me to take a blanket, put the blanket over the cage, and open the door of the cage, prop it over with that brick, and the skunk will walk away.
0: And did it work?
3: So I put on my N95 mask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I could just... <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I have my other PPE, which I have a... Uh, face, uh, A shield, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> two gloves, <laughs> and I took a old towel and I walked up. And every time I got close to the cage, the thing would start stomping. Well, <laughs> so you did. The tail goes up. <laughs> when the tail goes up, I'd be like five, six feet away, trying to throw this towel over <laughs> the cage and running away like a little. Uh, it was terrible. So finally. And Kaylee came home, uh-huh. and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like,
0: You're I'm- in <laughs> the backyard, just ppe P E'd to the max.
3: <laughs> and I'm trying to get this. She's like, what are you doing? And I go, well, we've caught a skunk. And I'm trying to get this towel over. So she comes out, she grabs the towel, walks right up against the cage, drops it over the top of the cage. She goes, there, that's all you have to do.
0: So she solved the problem for you. She solved the problem. So that's, <laughs> it's good to have. So it's good to have a partner who can actually get stuff done.
3: Exactly. So then, so then we just dropped the door open, put a brick in there, and two minutes later, out came the uh, skunk, walked away. And
0: now, what are you going to do about the groundhog that's eating all your vegetables?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I think. Like a... I'm in a dilemma. Do I set the cage back up to catch another skunk
0: or do I? Uh, Did you just cut your losses and buy your I, produce at the grocery I, store? I, <laughs> and I think
3: I'm becoming a customer of Foodland
0: again. <laughs> Alright, I'm glad it got out, of you. got out of there without you getting sprayed. <laughs> yeah. Although I would have uh, the story would have been better it's if you didn't get sprayed. sprayed. Jim, you uh, had a little golf retreat with some buddies on the weekend and, and we were talking about how uh, you were pretty well behaved and you didn't get uh, you didn't get too gibbled nope. from partying hard and I was like well, Jim's growing up uh, you know he's he's really matured over the years but uh, off the air you just tell me the real reason it's because one of the guys got holiday hard a couple of years ago so you guys don't party like you used to
1: no I was just joking about that but one time one guy thought he was gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> While we were partying, it was because we were in a, a chalet in uh, Fernie, BC, and we had the hot tub going, and we were drinking like maniacs. This was maybe five years ago. Uh-huh. And also smoking like maniacs. And then it was a guy who had just had a kid, like his first kid, like not too uh, long before that. Oh, so yeah. he, just, he had first like two beers. First free pass after yeah. the baby. In like six months, he said he had had like two beers. So it was just, we were just giving her, by the way, snowboarding like for 10 hours a day too. So the one morning he woke up and was like, man, my heart is like pounding like crazy. And so we're like, ah, you're fine. So we went out that morning and then at one point he said he thought he was going to pass out. So we took him to the hospital at lunch and uh, the nurse gave him the once over and said, yeah, yeah, we see this all the time out here. We have a, a word for it. It's called holiday heart. And it's when uh, guys around your age, maybe mid thirties, uh, start giving her like they thought they can, <laughs> thought they could, like when they were twenty. And they'll they'll come in here, they'll think they're having a heart attack. We give them some baby aspirin and send them on their way. Holiday heart, because it's when you go on holiday. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I understand. It makes it, sense, but it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. He had a Fitbit on and was like reading his his beats per minute or whatever, his heart rate per minute or whatever, and it was like way too high. Sometimes that Fitbit can freak you out. You know, you start you
0: start checking your your pulse or your your heart rate, and then you start getting stressed out and it starts going up. Yeah, you know. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if it's always the best thing to have that Fitbit going nonstop. Yeah, I, do, I get that feeling every once in a while that the old heart... I don't know oh. what the hell's going on, but... Uh, At least twice a day, I think <laughs> I'm about to drop dead of a heart attack. <laughs> I downloaded an app, which has got to be less accurate than a Fitbit. And you like put your finger in front of the camera on your phone, and it's supposed to get... It, makes me, it says I have every heart condition known to man. <laughs> Trichotomy? I don't even know what these words are, but it's everything. It's not funny. I mean, it is terrifying,
0: and, no. and you know, I. It is my greatest fear is that one day I'm just going to drop dead, and I'm not going to be there for my kids as they grow up. Um, but uh, I, I just I always remind myself, hey, you've you've thought you've been having heart attacks every day for the past twenty years. You're probably <laughs> going to get through this one
1: until one day you don't. Yeah, right? they call that ignoring warning
0: signs. I believe. <laughs> I've got permanent holiday heart. <laughs> My life is a holiday. Oh well, that's good advice, though. If you're, you got to ease back into it. If you haven't been partying in a while, mm-hmm. don't just go uh, hog wild, as they say. Uh, as soon as you get to your vacation destination,
1: yeah, start getting hammered home alone. You know, getting ready for the big day. You got to do your stretches yeah. before you run that marathon. All-around great guy and
0: host of the OHL podcast, Mr. Mike Stubbs. How are you, Stubbsy? Great. How are you guys? Good. Good. It's been a while since we talked to you. It has.
4: There's been this pandemic going on. Yeah.
0: A, a bit of a lull in hockey excitement. But we wanted to get you on to tribute Eddie Shack, Toronto Maple Leafs legend, passed away over the weekend.
4: Clear the track. Here comes Shaq. If you actually ask Leaf fans who have been Leaf fans for a long, long time, Leaf fans who can go back to the last time they were winning Stanley Cups, they will still put Eddie Shaq in either their top five or top ten all-time Toronto Maple Leafs for what he did, because you never knew what he was going to do. He might go out and throw somebody into a flying headlock. He might go out and get into a fight, or he might score a goal. He was the only player to score at least 20 goals for five different teams. He was pretty incredible on the ice. And then off the ice, this guy was in commercials. He often talked about the fact that he didn't have much of a formal education, but he knew how to entertain. He was called the entertainer. And so he was selling garbage bags, or he was (laughs) selling Cracker Jacks, or you turn on the TV and there he was doing something and everybody loved him he just had this ability to make people laugh make people smile and make people feel good and uh, we need more of those people in the world he was here for a long time but Eddie Shack passed away yesterday
0: Christine Simpson um, from Sportsnet tweeted out something that I got a kick out of. It says, Eddie Shack was my neighbor, and once after a winter storm, I mentioned to him how much damage was done to the trees in my backyard. The next day, the debris was all gone. I had no idea who did it until Ron Ellis told me that Eddie brought his chainsaw over and did it himself. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> he was one of a kind. Of, imagine seeing Eddie Shack with that duster on his face and a
4: chainsaw in his hands in your backyard. <laughs> doing some yard work. Pretty incredible guy. That's, that's kind of how people would feel when he played against them, except it wasn't a chainsaw, it was a hockey stick. And he <laughs> was still coming at them, and he, he could do anything. He could, he could help you clear debris, or, or he could create some debris for you.
1: It clears the track and clears the trees. Sports
0: journalist, hockey expert Mike Stubbs on the phone with us, and you think this may be the year the Toronto Maple Leafs finally break the curse and win the Stanley Cup, Stubbs.
4: Why do you think that? Well, first of all, wouldn't it fit with everything else that's been going on in 2020? You're going to pick a year. <laughs> you mean hell's frozen that's over? be the one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but bizarro world? Yeah, but look at hockey coming back. And, and I'm not the first person to have said this, but I'm going to give my credit to Dylan Hunter because he will look at kind of the ebbs and flows of a season. And when a season begins, the offensive teams are the ones that kind of get right out of the gate because it takes a little while for you to sink back into your defensive systems, and as much as the teams have played, and they aren 't necessarily changing a lot, there are some guys who are going to have spent some time really working out, really staying in shape. There are going to be other guys who eh, you know took some took some time you know and and
3: relaxed
4: just a little bit, and so it 's <laughs> going to take some teams' time to get up to speed. The guys who are going to have stayed in shape are usually some of the younger guys, because they, they just stay hungry and yeah. they, just, they, they just have that routine that they get into. Well, even and if even they, if they
0: didn't out. keep working out, even if they didn't stay in shape, it's a lot easier for the younger guys to get back in shape.
4: That's it. And so we're expecting to see offensive hockey. Okay, so if, if you'll buy into, you expect to see offensive hockey, who is one of the better offensive teams, that would be the Toronto Maple Leafs, And if it takes you a little while to either get up to speed or get your defensive game into shape, then the first couple of rounds should be full of getting rid of the defensive teams. So there's a good chance that, you know, an Islanders or a Hurricanes team that went a long way last year and have some really good systems, play really tight hockey. They might not be around to do some upsetting anymore. So you get rid of that. And then, if the Leafs can get through a couple of rounds, guess what? They will get on a roll. They will be fired up. And I don't see that anybody else can, you know, make a case that's any better than theirs for winning the Stanley Cup. So throw in 2020 and all the oddball things we've had to go through. Throw in the fact that some defensive teams who might make life tough on a team like the Leafs, uh, they might not be around in later rounds. And uh, I'm not saying the path is is clear sailing, But if I'm going to pick somebody, I'll pick them.
0: How would you characterize the Boston Bruins, offensive or defensive? Because that's one nice thing is the Leafs aren't playing the Bruins in the first round. We know how that story's gone over the years. Um, But how amazing would it be if they didn't have to play them in any round and the Bruins got eliminated early?
4: That would be nice. The Leafs would enjoy that. And the Bruins aren't playing in the first round, so they're playing three kind of round-robin games, seeding games. Yeah. And so they're on the ice, but but there again, that's one of those advantages that the Leafs will have. If you can get through Columbus, you've been able to get through a tough series, whereas the Bruins are playing three games. to maybe take a look at a guy like Jack Studnika and see how good he is. And, you know, it won't be the same feeling for them. So maybe you catch a team like that off-guard. They're a really well-balanced team. I mean, they can score and they can keep out. But let's remember, Zdeno Chara is one of those guys who might need some time to get up to speed. Patrice Bergeron might need some time to get up to speed. So they also have a COVID issue on their team, and that's another issue. So do you see the guys who were apparently out at a restaurant and now dealing with the virus? Do you see them right away? And how long does it take them to come over? So I think Boston has some real challenges to start things off.
0: Well, I did pick the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup, didn't I, Jim?
1: You did, yeah. Yeah. We have a bet going.
0: Yeah, and you're a Leaf fan, and you didn't pick your own team. So I hope (laughs) they win, just to spite Jim.
1: I would still be happy, Stubbs.
0: (laughs) Jim, I noticed you uh, retweeted that video that was going around after uh, everyone found out that we lost Regis Philbin, the uh, the video of the very first Who Wants to Be a Millionaire winner.
1: Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember being in grade school when this guy won and all the kids at recess were talking about this. That was like grade four or five. Yeah, he,
0: uh, he was a smart guy, bit of a smug dude. His name was John Carpenter. And final question, million-dollar question, he decided to use his phone a friend, and he called his dad. <laughs>
3: Hello, Tom. Yes. Hi, Regis Philbin here from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Hi. We've got uh, your son John uh, with us right now. He's doing pretty well. Good. He's won a half million dollars. Wow. And he's going for a million dollars. (laughs) And he needs your help to get there. Okay. he's going to come on the line, read a question, four possible answers. One of them is the right answer. And uh, the next voice you hear will be John's. John, you've got 30 seconds. Starts right now. Uh, hi, Dad. Hi. Uh, I don't really need your help, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a baller move. <laughs>
3: Uh, Because the U.S. president appeared on Laughing is Richard Nixon. That's my final answer. Well, my gosh, what can I say except Debbie, you're going to Paris, and this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars. Wow, it would have
1: been awesome if he was wrong. (laughs) Because that's an epic moment in TV history. That would have made it even more epic. Yeah. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> uh, i just calling Dad to tell you that I don't need your help. I'm going to win the million dollars. It was Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> I'm sorry you're walking away with nothing, you <laughs> smug
3: jerk. <laughs> uh, hi, Dad. Hi. Um, I don't really need your help, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking.